Good morning. You're listening to a very special episode of Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped merchandise store. Make sure to use the coupon code PODCAST and you'll save 20% off of anything you can purchase there. Crazy. Yeah, purchase there. Um, yes. And remember, like, like, subscribe, do what you do online. Really appreciate it. And now in eastern, eastern North Carolina, where I reside, snow is like this fun idea. But really, our winters here are more like ice storm or really cold rain. But that's okay because a few hours west of here, out in Mills River, North Carolina, or also many, many hours west of here out in Chico, California, Sierra Nevada Brewing is experiencing winters that you can actually enjoy with snow and skiing, probably some barrel-aged narwhal and a hot cocoa mug that you could enjoy while jumping in between the hot tub and the ski lift. But they've also captured the best part of winter in beer form with their new addition, Powder Day IPA. Now, Harry and I are going to sit back and drink some of it, but we're bringing Scott Jennings along with us. He's the innovation brewer at Sierra Nevada. He's going to be here in just a few minutes. But Harrison, aside from taste, tradition, and I think eight different hops, why is this beer being featured today? Right. And yeah, and this everyone at home saying, Harrison finally did it. He finally got Sierra Nevada on. You're right, but that's not, it wasn't just me. We're here also to talk about the badge they're running on Untapped right now for this beer. So it's the Sierra Nevada Powder Day IPA badge. All you have to do, so my favorite kind of badges, because it's so simple. All you have to do is check in to one Sierra Nevada Powder Day between January 21st and February 21st. That's it. And the criteria is great. I love the description. It says leap waist deep into this Powder Day double dry hop with lupulin powder for a pile of citrus mango pineapple aroma and flavor holy cow it's super limited guy it's only available for a month so do not sleep on grabbing this beer grabbing that badge and with that i'm thirsty so john let's let's get scott on the show let's crack this beer open and let's learn a little bit happy happy to have you here welcome to the show scott hey thanks thanks for inviting me glad to be here yes and with that, let's all crack this beer up if you haven't yet. And let's dive into a little Powder Day action. Woo! Oh, man. Man, oh, man. Well, that's a great sound, that, isn't it? I know, that's right. I think I've been conditioned to, as soon as I hear that, my blood pressure drops, yeah. my heart rate calms down, <laughs> someone closes out all my emails for the day. It's, uh, it's magical. Oh, this is pretty. You can read through this. This is nice. It's pretty, pretty looking. Look at that. Now, normally when Harrison and I open a beer, we'll read you some of the stats about it that we can find on Untapped. This one's 7.7%, 45 IBUs. But rather than listen to like kind of the boring old John and Harrison read to you about the beer. Scott, I assume as Sierra Nevada or Nevada's innovation brewer, you may have had a hand in in coming up with this powder day. Is there anything like really special about this if we're talking to someone that might drink your pale ale or torpedo all the time? Yeah, there's quite a few things. Um, definitely uh, a lot of work went into this one. But uh, first of all, cheers, yes. everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Virtual cheers. 
Mm. Wow. It just came out. Um, we, we've been working on it for quite a while. Um, yeah, the idea is, um, you know, we're trying to get uh, uh, just a really intense, um, you know, hop character with uh, with flavor, but, but with aroma as well, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, almost do a do a eats me west uh, yes. kind of approach you know mm-hmm. you've got a little bit of that that really impactful um creamy intense you know hop character but uh it's not specifically and 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 only uh you know fruity tropical there's a little bit of uh of that piney uh you know a little yes. bit of dank in there um, as well. So, um, you know, call it, call it a hybrid. I don't know, call it a, nice. you know, it, its own type of a thing, but, um, yeah, uh, a lot of work went into that one. So let's, I'm curious about that. We're enjoying a beer. We're talking about work and making a beer. I know from being a brewer in another life that a lot of those days they're absolutely hard work, but part of that work is drinking a bunch of beer. So tell me a little bit about the R&D in this. Was it small batches and you had an idea of what you wanted, but weren't quite sure on the hot profile or like kind of take us to the, the genesis of this beer, the idea of it, and I guess, and how it got to in our glasses. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a long story. Um, <laughs> in, in, in a nutshell, I would say it's, um, you know, one part uh, experience um, and, sure. you know, as um, – uh, Sierra Nevada, we have plenty of experience. Um, it's one part, uh, current dry hopping research. Um, and it's okay. also, um, you know, taking into account the idea that, you know, we really want to, uh, make sure we maintain some, um, uh, IPA diversity, let's say, nice. um, in right. what we have to offer. Cause you know what? I mean, let's be honest. You know, most of what we do is IPAs, uh, really. I mean, maybe not by volume, but, um, you know, mm. pale ale, obviously, not an sure. IPA, not even dry hops, uh, but uh, always a classic. But, you know, yes. um, most people out there, uh, you might you know, have the same opinion. And I hear about this all the time. You know, um, you guys just do IPAs all the time. You know what? Uh, maybe. But, but they're all very unique and they're all very different. And, you know, every time we, we throw another one out there, we really put something new and different into it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is obvious. Just look at your lineup from, you know, Fantastic Haze. And I have a, a black light poster of back there. But so, so you know, Fantastic Haze to Little Keller to Beer. Torpedo Tour. Right. Tor, you know, I mean, like, they're so different, all the IPAs you have. I think, you know, we're all old enough to remember, or just to see the genesis of IPAs, the growth of IPAs used to kind of mean one thing. And at one time it was very scary and it had 100 IBUs and who could do 120, who could do 130. And there was that competition to burn out (laughs) everyone's taste buds. But now it's totally different. So, I mean, you could argue that you could make right 20 30 different ipas and they are all a different experience and i think you guys do that really you do that really well i mean dankful is different than torpedo is mm-hmm. again different than what we're drinking tonight summer break when that comes back out like that's it's like a sessionable I, that's totally different so really like i mean 
it's amazing. I've been doing this for 40 plus years and still you're kind of like writing this story that then you see other breweries kind of take up and, and mimic a little bit and go, oh man, why don't we have a hazy IPA in the summer? That seems so obvious. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> right, right. You did a great job at it. Oh, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, this one, Powder Day, um, you know, kind of a play on words. Um, you know, uh, right. John, you were talking about, um, you know, the sort of, sort of the winter, you know, maybe skiing reference. Um, right. But um, lupulin powder, uh, yes. that's, that's nothing new to most people uh, listening here. Uh, and it's certainly not, not new to the industry either. Um, but, uh, that is, uh, the focus of the, of the beer, uh, yeah. in, in terms of dry hopping. So we're dry hopping, uh, on this one exclusively with lupulin powder. Oh, wow. And I will say this is certainly not the first beer that we've done that with. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, a lot of people might be interested to hear that this, um, form of hops, is definitely not new. Definitely not new. This has been out there for decades. Um, decades, definitely. Um, and, and what you would maybe refer to it as, um, it can come in either what we call a type 35 or type 45, okay. um, uh, which uh, typically would be pelletized. Right. But nowadays, uh, you can get that pelletized or non-pelletized. And even with the pelletized versions, there are several options there. Uh, but it really goes back, you know, really decades as a hop form. So let's talk about that for a second. Yes. Yes. So here's what goes on. So, um, you know, imagine hops. You got, uh, you know, a room full of hops and uh, pretty similar uh, to the hop pelletizing process. What happens is uh, the hops get milled uh, very finely using a hammer mill, and then that material is pushed through a die, uh, and then you have hop pellets. Everybody knows what those look like. Um, so uh, one uh, uh, maybe important difference is uh, that with the, the lubulin powder, um, also referred to as cryo hops mm -hmm. and there's a few other, um, you know, kind of, uh, brand names of that process is, uh, the hops are, uh, the whole cone hops are essentially, um, uh, you know, super frozen, you know, using liquid nitrogen before the milling process. So uh, a couple of things that that does for you. One is, uh, you can, uh, during the milling, you can um, preserve the integrity of the lupulin glands uh, to a pretty high degree. So you don't rupture uh, the lupulin glands, which everybody knows is where all the, the good hop uh, oils reside right. uh, and acids as well. But the, the other thing that, that maybe um, some folks overlook is that, um, and you'll know this, if you've ever taken hops and you've rubbed them together, right. you get real sticky. Right? Yes. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> sticky. So uh, when uh, when you have this uh, milled hop material, and it is at I don't know minus two hundred and eighty degrees, it's not very sticky at that point in time, and uh, you can then uh, sieve it with uh, like a bunch of screens, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you can reduce uh, or, or separate. Let's say you can separate out a lot of the green matter the bract, uh, particularly from the hops and, um, and sift 
that stuff out so you essentially can can concentrate the lupulin glands and that's where that t35 t45 name comes in and that means that from the uh, uh, from from the the mass the weight of the original uh, cones that went into the process uh, 35 or 45 as the case may be percent of that mass remains the rest having been removed in this sieving or concentrating process right, right, right. and so that's what we're talking about mm. now that resulting material um it can be pelletized as well and relatively new i'd say in the last five years there's uh maybe even less there's been some technology out there to um produce soft pellets mm. uh and and i think a lot of the cryo uh products are are done in this in this um in this fashion so uh the pellet itself as it's going through the dye with this material it the compression forces and the and therefore the friction as well is reduced considerably and so that's one of the things that's the, like a classic argument against using hot pellets is that when you press all that material through the dye uh, and, and maybe for the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, think about like a, like a meat grinder. Sure. You've got a lot of little tiny holes and you're forcing a lot of material through those little tiny holes. Right. And that results in a lot of pressure and pressure generates friction and friction generates heat. And uh, heat is not good for hop oil and hop aroma, right? right. right? And so uh, a lot of these new um, uh, products um, and processes are incredibly great. Um, and they uh, are able to deliver, um, you know, finally to, to the glass, you know, hop aroma that's really better than it's ever been. Um, these are great, great things, great products, great hops. <clears throat> Scott, it's obvious you're very qualified, (laughs) at least for this podcast. We went from hop selection to thermodynamics, and it was, I mean, I think Harrison and I have mentioned hops probably a a thousand times in the last couple of years, but never to the degree uh, that you kind of went into here. I, I wanted to ask you about the selection process when you i i'd assume it it, your position you can just call out from the mountains and and hops will be sent forth on on golden (laughs) chariots maybe it's not that simple but with the knowledge that you bring is it is that does that make it harder to find the hops you're looking for especially brewing at a larger scale Oh, well, you know, we, we, uh, we plan ahead, uh, I think right. pretty well, um, you know, over the years we've developed, um, you know, wonderful relationships with, uh, hop suppliers, um, you know, and, and even going all the way to, uh, the hop breeding programs, uh, around the world, um, we've been pretty critical in, um, the, uh, development or, or say not the development, but the, the bringing of newly developed varieties into the marketplace, mm-hmm. um, by right. a lot of these great, uh, partnerships over the years. Um, but, uh, you know, what we do, um, and, and I'll tell you, um, uh, it's one of those things that we're constantly working on is the ability to try and figure out it's that crystal ball thing, you know, mm. you know, we look to the future and we go, what are we going to make next year? 
And then we go, hmm, I think I could probably guess about mm, 60% of that. And then there's 40% like, well, who knows? <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, well, what hops are we going to want for that and how much? Uh, well, we can predict a, a bit of that, but certainly not all of it. Right. Um, so so we work really closely mm-hmm. with, um, um, you know, hop suppliers on a few occasions, farmers directly mm-hmm. uh, and the hop breeding programs as well to, to really kind of keep uh, some of the doors open. So we can uh, really jump on things when we need them. Um, but, um, you know, uh, end of the day, um, hop is, is a crop. And uh, you can't always predict what the weather's going to do and how everything is going to come out. And, and so for all the brewers out there, you know, hop contracting is, is really, really important. You know, you're not going to get it right all the time. You're going to be over some years. You're going to be under some years, but uh, better than having no plan at all. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's right. I know. But, that, that's, those are some of my favorite Sierra Nevada beers. I remember you guys used to do, maybe, maybe still do, but uh, it's been a little bit since I've seen it. It was like harvest kind of single hops. Or the first time I ever had Equinox was mm-hmm. in 25 ounce bottle from you guys. I think the first time I had Idaho seven yep. was the first, first time ever was a beer you guys made featuring. Yeah. Yeah. Idaho so, seven. Uh, right. It's a beautiful, beautiful hop. Um, and it's also in powder day, by the way, featured prominently. Yeah. Equinox mm. is a funny one. We used to call that 366, which was right. the experimental number. And then it went to Equinox. And now I believe it's called Yukonot. Uh, oh, so it's like you know the right. artist formerly known as the artist. <laughs> <laughs> he made it made it from a number to a name to a new name. That's uh, marketing and hops just kind of impressive. working together, right? Right, three sixty six didn't quite do it, and now right, you could not. I did not know that was the same hop because I was forever like, "Where's Equinox? Where can I get my hands on it? Can't find it now. I know why." Um, there we go. That's uh, and that's great that Idaho Seven's in here, and that's I mean, yeah, like yeah. I've, you guys have been so great in just my like personal beer journey and the single hop series thing. That was so, that was so cool to do that already. You have Sierra Nevada pale ale, which is, you know, the, the song of all songs to cascade hops, but to do that, something similar for other hops, that was always enjoyable for me to, uh, to enjoy. But as we've alluded to, there are like eight hops in here. Is that right? Eight different hop varieties about, Oh man, Harrison, you might be right. Um, I sort of lose track. Um, but, uh, you know, um, to be honest, we, we, uh, will a lot of times make, uh, hop substitutions in any particular beer over the, the year. Um, it'd be depending on what's available, but in this one, this is a seasonal beer and it was pretty, uh, you know, solidly designed based on, um, a couple of things, one being the hops that we really specifically wanted to be in it right? Um, and what we had available to us via our uh, contracting. Um, maybe we can start in the brew house. Yeah. Um, uh, and this kind of goes back to the design of the beer. Yes. Um, the the uh, overriding principle is to do as little hopping as possible in the brew house okay sure and then uh throw um everything at it in the cellar 
with dry hopping. Uh, and that's not, you know, revolutionary or anything, but, um, you know, um, one of the ways we went about it is, um, to hit BU, uh, we wanted to, um, oh, use, use again, the a minimal amount of hops up front with the first edition, what we would call that. So right at start of boil. And, okay. uh, I chose a variety called Polaris. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys know that one? Yes. I'm familiar nope. with it. Yeah, great it, snowmobile. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's another powder day kind of link. I never thought about that. Right. Huh, that's cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, that one is um, it's German, German super alpha variety. It's uh, oh man, it's crazy. It's uh, it's the highest alpha acid content of any hop variety that I know of. Wow. In its raw form, unprocessed, so just regular whole cone hops. You right. might see. Uh, 25% alpha acid in this. Yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a cool one for that. Um, so, you know, a lot of times it's uh, used to produce, um, alpha extracts or something like that. Um, I've actually, uh, dry hopped with it and I've been really pleasantly surprised by the results. You wouldn't think to, to, to dry hop with a super right. alpha variety. Right. But you know, we're dry hopping with CTZs more and more as right. well. Those Love are it. old, old varieties. Yeah. But um, as a dry hop, I mean, I'm kind of getting off track here, but just, yeah. I find it interesting. Really. Hops yeah. are great. You know, yeah. I love talking yeah, about it's your hops. powder day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it gives a really kind of cool bubblegum character um, okay. as a dry hop. And I don't know that much of that, um, comes through with the first edition being Polaris, mm-hmm. but at any rate, it doesn't take a lot to get your BUs when it's 24% alpha. Yeah. yeah. And when, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You, when you, you talk about dry hopping with this monster alpha hop, which I know Harrison's familiar and I'd expect you are, but me and hopefully at least three of our listeners maybe not familiar with some of that in context. Like the first thing I thought of would be like a dry hopped bitter West coast thing happening. And it got me really excited and it, it I'm, I don't, I don't mean to divert your, your, the road this interview is going, but I really wanted to ask before this even started, as the innovation brewer, what are some of like the kind of crazy things that you've produced that maybe haven't been distributed, but might've been shared like in the, in the back of the brew house? Is there, I'm just imagining like these really weird beers that would, that would really excite <laughs> me and a couple listeners. Oh my God. Uh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for, uh, at Sierra, uh, for over 20 years. Oh, wow. and okay. A lot of that has been in innovation. And right. so we've done some, some, some really wacky things. Um, and also a lot of, uh, stuff that I would consider, um, incredibly, you know, delicious, uh, but never saw the light of day for one reason or another. Wow. Um, oh man, I don't know. I don't know where to start with a question like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow. Let me think, um, on, uh, tap at our, uh, at our breweries, you're always going to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Right. Um, and just as a, as a plug, uh, for the listeners who are not nearby, 
our breweries, we do have a really cool program we call the Alpha Hop Society. Yeah. And that is a, a subscription that you can get for a year, uh, which will, um, where legally permitted, allow you to receive in the mail, uh, you know, some exclusive beers that are not available anywhere. And uh, if you happen to live near, um, you know, either Mills River or um, Chico, a lot of times you can find these at the tap rooms, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, six months before the release of those uh, with the Alva Hop Society because we, you know, we make all kinds of stuff. We really are playing around with beer every single day. Uh, yeah. And so much of what we do. Uh, uh, and anyway, uh, speaking of which, here, here's kind of like an insider's tip. Yes. Uh, if you come to the tap room and you see something that says audition, whatever, mm. that is most likely one uh, version of many prototypes for an upcoming as yet non-disclosed new release. Ooh, yep. Insider tip, big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hot tip, hot tip. Uh, come to the brewery. You're going to find some pretty cool stuff that uh, will be coming out uh, probably within the next uh, uh, six months or a year. Yeah, we did a, an episode kind of talking about celebration a few months ago in Harrison saw something i think it was at the mills river location yes. i don't remember what it was called but it was like celebration drippings yes, yes. Tell me about yes. This. this blew my mind but i immediately <laughs> needed more information and now we have scott here thank you john oh Jeez. my god okay so this is uh this is a whole different uh uh topic than powder day but we'll right. come back to that because yes. uh, I sort of want to wrap that one up too, just for everybody. So, you know what we're, we're put out of there course. for that, yep. but uh, celebration um, that beer has been around a long time. Um, I'm going to try and, and do the two minute summary of Sully drippings. We call it. Okay. By the way, we did a, a barrel aged version of that oh. too, that we called dry hop drops. <laughs> But uh, here's the story about dripping. So um, you got to back up a little bit to how we historically make celebration ale in and of itself. Right. Um, so we dry hop that uh, in the uh, old, old school way, meaning uh, you're, you're dealing only with whole cone hops. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, interestingly, a little bit of an aside as well. The torpedo, the hop torpedo, which a lot of people know, uh, and 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 that's there you go, that's the one. <laughs> that one, yeah, that that was one of my first projects uh, really? in R and D wow. Chico. Um, oh gosh, two thousand six, I think we started working on that. Anyway, um, totally different subject for a different <laughs> podcast. Yep. But yeah. um, so let's see. Before we had the torpedo, we uh, using whole cone hops or dry hopping, here's what you do. You got a bag. Uh, imagine like a, you know, a, a mesh bag, nylon mesh bag. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's maybe about the size of a pillowcase. And you stuff it full of hops. You tie a knot in it. You put a 
carabiner on it, stainless steel, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you're going to suspend these bags in a tank. And we're talking a big tank, a tall <laughs> uni tank. And so the way this is done is uh, you uh, on the bottom of the cone of the tank, there's a section that you can unclamp and kind of swing right. away and expose the, uh, you know, uh, open the tank, open the bottom of the tank. Because typically on the bottom of the tank, all you have is a small valve, but you can swing the cone away. Then up on the top of the tank, there's a small opening, you know, about, I don't know, six inches uh, in diameter uh, that you can undo and remove a cap there. And so what we do is we've got a, a crane up on top of the tank. And you've got a chain, a stainless steel chain, that is the length of the the height of the tank. Um, And I believe that is going to be, oh gosh, maybe say 28 feet or something like that. Wow. And so what we do is we lower this, uh, we hook this chain onto the hook of the crane. We lower it all the way from the top, all the way down through the tank, down into the cellar with the cone swung to the side. So it's open. Then uh, we hook these dry hop bags onto this chain with carabiners as we're hauling it back up. And essentially you're putting as many of these bags on that chain as will physically fit on that chain. And so now you've got a vertical column, a tank. It's like this. It's tall. And straight through the center, there's a chain. And on the chain, there's, you know, dozens of bags stuffed full of dry ops, mostly Centennial and a little bit of Cascade in this case. Um, Then once that's uh, suspended in the tank, you have to secure it on the bottom and you have to secure it on the top. Then you close the tank and you purge it with CO2. Then you can take the beer, which has been brewed three days prior, and it is in the open fermenters open top fermenters Mm -hmm. you're going to transfer that beer on the third day of fermentation into this tank that's stuffed full of these bags on this chain and that's where the beer is going to stay all the way until um, centrifugation sitting on these bags of dry hops wow right that's the way we do it uh old school and so uh now imagine uh that beer went in there on day three so uh, 11 days later, give or take, that beer has been chilled, the yeast has been removed, uh, maturation has been completed, and now mm-hmm. you take it to the centrifuges to uh, you know, remove the remaining suspended yeast and mm-hmm. so on. And now you have finished beer uh, and so on. So you, you, rem- you empty that tank, and then the, all those bags are still in there. They're just yeah. hanging in space, right? And uh, these are enormous giant tea bags. I mean, lots of them too. And everybody right. uh, knows that uh, there's a little bit of liquid still in there. <laughs> not a lot, not a lot, just a little bit. So what we do is when we filter that tank, we empty it to the center view, just not filtered. We, we call centrifugation filtration as well. But um, so uh, once that tank is emptied, We'll let it sit overnight, uh, and the next day, uh, all the beer, which has dripped 
out directly from all the dry hop bags. And again, it's very small amount. I mean, like a thimbleful compared to the volume of the tank. Um, That amount, we collect it in a portable tank that we have. And we, we do that for every single tank of celly that we do in that way. And by the end of the whole seasonal production, we might have grand total of maybe, I don't know, eight barrels or something, not a lot. Uh, And so that we put on, uh, well, let me back up. That used to be something like uh, the distillers call that the angel's share, but we call it the brewer's share because we would reserve it strictly for the brewers. And that was it. That was our own special thing. Um, But um, eventually we ended up taking that, that eight barrels that we would get for the whole year. And we put that on at the tap room and we call it Selly Drippins. And then uh, for the most part, uh, it was gone within, you know, a couple of days because wow. all of the brewers would just go there and drink it all. <laughs> 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 but occasionally uh, a non-brewer would be able to get a pint. And so uh, anyway, it's a pretty special thing. Very, very special. We don't wow. like to advertise that because that's uh, our own special internal thing. But if you come to the brewery in, let's say, um, uh, beginning of October-ish, mm. you yeah. might be able to find a pint. Mike and Lucky. That's on my list. That's a trip <laughs> that needs to happen. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And remember, if you want to propose marriage to Scott, it's Scott J at Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Powder Day. Right. Let's dive back into this. So we were talking about hops. And really, I'm curious. And now you talked about lupal and powder. So is the torpedo involved in Powder Day at all? Or is it a totally different process? So tell us about getting the powder into this beer. I mean, there's so many ways to dry hop something. But I would imagine the powder kind of introduced a new element. So what is that actually like? Well, to be honest with you guys, um, dealing with non-pelletized top powder is, frankly, uh, a royal pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's hard to deal with. It's very duffy. Um, Mm. It tends to clump. Um, It doesn't like to to, uh, go into solution. It tends to Mm. float. Um, it, it's kind of a pain. It yeah. really is. So why do we deal with that? You may ask. Right. Well, um, it's because, uh, we, uh, and, and this is, by the way, we started playing around with this stuff, um, you know, long before, um, cryo soft pellets were developed using the same kind of base material. Mm-hmm. But, um, the fact of the matter is even so, with the soft pelletizing process, um, some fraction, I don't know what uh, that would be by a percentage, but some fraction Mm -hmm. of the lupulin glands will be damaged when they go through a dye. Whereas if the material is not pelletized at all, you have a much higher, eh, maybe not much higher, somewhat higher percentage of uh, total lupulin available, which the glands are not ruptured. And for those of you uh, who, who, who may wonder about that, uh, the lupulin uh, glands, those are, say, an encapsulated, um, I don't know, maybe uh, um, 
the best way to describe it would be you've got the um, resins and oils encapsulated within um, you know a membrane of sorts uh, that the plant produces naturally the stuff you know if you, if you ever take a hop cone and rip it down the middle mm-hmm. you're going to see all the yellow in there right. and and it looks kind of like pollen but but it isn't that's the lupulin but it's say a, a, an encapsulation of the resins and oils and when you rupture that everybody knows uh when you smell something that means it's being volatilized right before right. your eyes you know this beer right right now mm-hmm. i can smell that and because i can smell it that means there's less of that in the beer now right. than there was five seconds ago uh, and it's the same with hot material when you rupture those glands there's just less available to go into the beer theoretically um, than if uh, those are ruptured uh, prior um, where was I going with that <laughs> it's a great journey I love it I'm, I feel like I'm in the tank but talking about lupulin powder and dealing with it oh um, yeah right yeah. right so what we do is um, we've got a, a small mixing tank uh, that you can close and pressurize and it's got an agitator in it. And okay. so what we'll do is we'll, um, sanitize all that. And then we'll put, um, sterile water in it. We use, uh, de-aerated water. So this mm-hmm. is, uh, oxygen free, sterile water. And, um, then, uh, that goes into the tank mm-hmm. and we're talking a really small little tank. And then you put the powder in it. Um, and then, um, then you close the lid and what we do, uh, and this is really important. Uh, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough. I talk to people about dry hopping all the time. You know, one of the worst things that can happen, uh, in your best attempts to improve the hop aroma of your beer is when you introduce oxygen. Yeah. Uh, that's a bad, bad thing. Um, so, uh, what happens is with this powder, as we put that in DA water, sterile deaerated water, but just because you open the lid, let's say, for example, theoretically, there was zero molecules of oxygen in that tank. You open the lid, you pour in your powder, you mix it, you're good, right? Well, no, because you open the lid and therefore right. all right. of a sudden there's a whole lot of oxygen in there, right. not to mention the powder material itself contains a lot of oxygen. So you've got to get rid of that. So what we do is we turn on the mixer. The tank is closed. We maintain pressure around 14 pounds. And then in the bottom of the tank, we've got something similar to like a carb stone. Um, And we'll run CO2 through there and vent it very slowly. Um, So you've got ample positive pressure in this tank. You're mixing vigorously uh, to help... um, um, I don't know, say liberate the, uh, the oxygen from the hot matter right. and you're breaking up the clumps and you're creating an even uh, media and you're getting all the oxygen out. And we do that until we measure. Oh, let me think. I think we're measuring less than 50 parts per billion oxygen wow. on that vent uh, gas coming out of there. Oh, wow. Um, and then we pump it into the tank and we shoot it in just like you would dose anything else. We put it in, uh, towards the top of the tank. We got a side port, uh, that we pump that into and, um, it's under 
the beer liquid level and you just pump it in uh, at that point. That's all you do. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds that's easy simple. enough, but it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pain in the butt. It really is. Yeah. I mean, because not only getting it in there is kind of a challenge, but getting it out again is also a big challenge. Yeah. Dropping that tank and whoever is yeah cleaning it. Oh, man. It's probably a mess, but it's worth it because the yeah. product's amazing. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, on the on the label, you look at the can, you read a bit about it. One of the things that stands out is it's double dry hopped. So this is more of maybe almost a philosophical question. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's very technical. But what does that mean? And I get what it means. But I've heard people say, well, you have to do two different dry sessions. Or some people saying you're using twice as much dry hop material, double the amount as you would normally but let's just talk about for this beer are you just doing the that kind of lupulin powder process twice where's the double come in yeah that's a good one and i think you hit it on the head that's sort of a you know how you interpret it kind of a thing um i'm sure uh, a lot of people will say well you have to dose it twice uh, right. and others will say you have to just use double the amount that you would normally <clears throat> use in in something else um uh I don't know. That's, um, that's a tough one. Um, in, in our case, I would say, uh, in this beer, we're leaning towards the ladder where we're just using double the amount that we're normally doing because technically, uh, most of our IPAs are dry hopped more than once. Right. Um, so that definition doesn't, uh, you know, hold, uh, right, because right, we don't right. call out, you know, hazy little thing as being double dry hopped, but you right. know, and technically in, in that way it is. Right. But, um, and this goes back to what I was t- saying earlier about the uh, use of the very high alpha variety in the brew house, sure. um, which I uh, neglected to follow up on because we started talking about celebration, <laughs> right. but, uh, the, uh, the second, uh, hop in the brew house and the only other hop in the brew house is added. 20 minutes before the end of the boil. And that's a, another high alpha variety called Hercules, mm. uh, which is a little less alpha than Polaris, but it's uh, by far the, uh, uh, the biggest production hop grown in Germany right, uh, right now. Um, so we're using that um, for flavor, but also for bitterness. Uh, and then uh, in doing that uh, all in, we're not using a heck of a lot in the brew house for poundage, uh, pounds per barrel. So what that does for us is it allows us to really shift, um, you know, a lot of, say, late hopping that we might do in the hop back or whirlpool, yeah. which is pretty typical for a lot of things. We shift away from that in this beer and we throw all of that stuff in on the cold side. Um, so we're doing a, um, you know, a pretty good sized dose, uh, technically three times in the cellar. Once is, uh, Ooh. during, uh, um, primary fermentation. The other is during what we call warm to cold. So as you're, uh, in the process of chilling down the tank and then, uh, a third dose, uh, again, all with lupulin. Uh, just prior to filtration. Wow! So by doing that, we're we're trying to capitalize on a lot of uh, uh, what we uh, what we know from experience and what we have learned with the recent um, surge of of hop aroma research that's been done in the industry. 
um, and we're kind of throwing everything at it. So we're getting the best of, uh, you know, um, uh, quote unquote, um, biotransformation type uh, utilizations, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a controversial term uh, for sure. (laughs) Tastes good in the Uh, can, though. It tastes good in the can. That's right. Uh, And and then we're uh, we're we're getting a. I don't know. Long story short, we're we're trying to get the the best of all worlds based on on current research and and currently uh, available materials. Uh, that's that's, awesome. that's the long story short. Yep, and you've done it again. I mean, it really is. That's what you know. I was kind of marveling at before talking to you, Scott, and now I'm marveling at tons of other things. It's just to have these eight hops be this impressive to now know that it's been dosed three times. But to have it look that clear and beautiful, full of, you know, lupulin powder right before filtration, centrifuge does what it's going to do to make it look just like like a perfect beer. But smell like, if I was blindfolded, I'd imagine this thing was kind of, you know, and smelling it, some kind of crazy, you know, orange juice looking thing. But it's not. <laughs> it's this beautiful looking beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we in- didn't want it to be uh, intentionally hazy, um, and it's not filtered. It's only centrifuged. Right. Um, it uses of, of all the the you know total weight of hops that are in the beer. Probably, I don't know, eighty to eighty four percent of all that mass is as dry hops, uh, and that's re- you can realize that. Uh, and, and, and no alpha extracts were used at all, right? It's only whole cone hops in the brew house. So that's right. where those high alpha varieties come in really handy. And then you can just throw it all into the cellar. Really just, just keep hitting it three times. Oh, those days must smell pretty amazing with that much hot material floating around in the air, especially as lupulin powder. I imagine it can right be like uh, <laughs> pretty aromatic, obviously. Um, but just being already in the powder form, it probably just smells amazing for you. Yeah. The tank. yeah, it really does. Um, you know, these, these, um, cryo pellets or lupulin powders, um, uh, you know, the second you open the bag, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, it's amazing. It fills the whole room with aroma. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I like to think that, you know, the second you open the can, yeah. you're going to know you're going to drink a hoppy beer. Um, yep. It's really kind of bursting. It, it is. It absolutely is. And that's right. It's an easy, it's, it's easy to, or it's exciting for me to open the can without even pouring it out. You just smell it immediately. It's shooting right out of the, you know, the actual can itself. So that says a lot about a beer and what's to come. And this one is exciting from that first magical cracking noise we all made a little while ago. It just <laughs> hits you right in the face. Um, and yeah, it's another, another home run from you guys. You know, I'll, I'll save us all from complaining about, I wish it wasn't a seasonal, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, tough nuggets for me. I'll just have to wait each, you know, January to enjoy it again. But, right. damn, just when yeah. I was sad celebration season was ending, not that sad anymore. It's okay. I've got this guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, you know, every indication is that uh, it's been well-received. Uh, and Good. so more than likely we'll uh, bring this out next year as well. Well, I hope so. Definitely make sure you get out there and check this beer in on Untap before February 21st is the 21st. last day. That's right. So celebrate Valentine's Day. 
check into powder day um, and, and <laughs> let Sierra Nevada or Nevada know that you'd like to see this beer again next year. Right. Harrison. Yeah. Please do that. Tag them, tag us, say it in your check-in, all those cool things. But Scott, before we let you go, is there anything else about powder day about this year on the horizon of Sierra, Sierra Nevada we should know about to get excited about? Oh man. Um, yeah, good question. We, uh, I think we covered Powder Day pretty well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In terms of up and coming, we've got uh, oh a lot of stuff in the works all the time. There'll be a brand new um, fall seasonal this year. Um, we've got a uh, currently available as audition in the tap room for those of you in the area. Really? Um, we, we've got uh, oh gosh. Um, Coming up next uh, in the brewing calendar, not the you know yearly calendar. We got yeah. the um, summer break uh, in yep. queue. Uh, that's uh, coming back as well. Um, handful of other things. Just uh, stay tuned. I love it. And that new variety pack, the little hazy or yeah, little something variety pack with hazy little thing, big something. There's that's a right. cool. The new citrus wheat you guys have. Yep, that's sunny little thing. Yep, yeah. that's brand new as well. Yep, yep. I mean, it's it's a great variety pack. It actually is variety to it. So that's always exciting <laughs> when you can look at it and look at the four beers and go, well, that's my night. And I get to really enjoy myself. Right, from right, a wild right, little right. thing to citrus. So you guys are always doing cool stuff. But, I mean, I really appreciate you taking some time today, Scott. I feel like I learned so much. I'm never going to forget the Selly Drippin' story. Yeah. That's <laughs> amazing. I'm glad the, the yeah. listeners got to hear about that. That was so cool. Yeah. Thank you for everything tonight. This has been so cool. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Good to see you guys. Whenever yeah. you decide, Scott, that you may want to take a sabbatical or a long time <laughs> off, remember Harrison and I are very jealous of what you do, but nowhere near capable of, of doing it at the level right. that you are. So uh, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to speak with us and the Untapped and Drinking Socially team. If any of you want to know what it's like to be Scott for a day, go out and get some powder day, open it up and take a big old inhale uh, as you pour that into your favorite drinking glass. That's right. It'll be hard not to, but thanks again, Scott. This was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. You got it. All right. All right. See you, everybody. Yep. Have a great, great rest of the evening. All right. Scott, Scott. You oh, guys man. Too. He is just a wizard, a man among mere or more mortals. I feel like I know nothing now. Well, I know a lot now, but Scott just flipped my, my brain upside down. Um, and that story about celebration. I'm so glad you said that, John. I knew we that discovered you were not talking about celebration or ah. that dripping story, uh, which is exciting. And it gives us something to look forward to next October, as Scott said, if you're planning your trips to Chico or Mills River and your time is flexible, October, if you want to get something that virtually no one has ever drank in history. Um, But also Powder Day, brand new on the market. You can probably go out to your favorite beer store and pick up a can or a handful of cans. And I was going to ask you, Harrison, how it's going during the interview but i ran out of this it was i want another this is a really easy drinking i mean powder day i could drink it in the summer i could drink it indoors outdoors this was delicious and how are you you, john i grabbed my second i poured it into my glass so that says almost everything i could say about how i'm feeling about this beer um on numero dose of it right now but 
it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's everything I want in an IPA. And also something I, I meant to bring up, but again, time time got away from us. This is in a 12-pack. It's almost it's 7.7%, and it's hmm. like competitively priced. Like, it's crazy. The deal in here, the bang for your buck, not to mention how packed it is with now we know lupulin powder. So, yeah, I mean, this thing, it's it checks all the boxes and then some. It's tasted amazing. It's tasted like a vacation in a glass. Um, I'm, yeah, just like... Just yeah. like when I talked about celebration and felt like, you know, Yeti and Bigfoot were punching me in the head. This, it feels the same. It's so piney and fruity and amazing. So, so cool to talk to, to Scott about it and, and great to drink alongside him. So, again, if you guys haven't grabbed it, get it. Um, I think we made our, our yeah. case. If you listen to this show, you probably already know that Harrison is maybe a little bit skewed in Sierra Nevada lore and that he doesn't think they've ever done anything wrong or could do anything wrong. But I, I mean, I got to agree and drinking this is just proof positive, right? If you haven't drank it yet, there's a badge on untapped. If that motivates you, if you like beer, you should drink this because it's also good. If you're in that stage where maybe you're scared of IPAs, it's seven point something. This is it doesn't it doesn't bring enough bitterness to scare you away and it's right. not super hazy dry hopped where it's gonna like ruin your opinion of ipas for a while this not <laughs> said like is a hybrid great yeah. ground to get started introduce it to your father-in-law when you're over there for valentine's <laughs> day celebrating the powder day badge <laughs> Nothing says i love you like a powder day uh but Aside from weird Valentine's Day beer podcast implications, Harrison, do we got anything coming up next week? Next week, another beer, another badge. We'll get to it then. But for now, I'm going to enjoy this. I know you are as well. So until next every week, keep your everyone, keep your, your glasses clean. Your cellar's dark. dark. Yeah. Right. Until then, cheers. Cheers.